This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. Hello and welcome to another Fun Fact Friday. This is a special Heart to Heart with Anna podcast for Heart Month, February 2022. Every Friday, we're doing a Fun Fact with Frank Jaworski, my favorite Fun Fact guy. And this week, our question is, there are a lot of different arrhythmias that can occur. What arrhythmias are life-threatening? Well, Anna, that's a very good question because... Obviously, the heart is designed to operate in the optimal rhythm, which is a normal sinus rhythm. Normal sinus rhythm is when you have an impulse that arises from the atrial pacemaker, the natural pacemaker in the right atrium of the heart, and it progresses down through the heart to the ventricles. So you get a steady rate between 60 and 100 beats per minute where the atria and the ventricles fire in succession. Now, there are some rhythms which are not correct rhythms. There are actual dysrhythmias that are not necessarily that dangerous, but the really dangerous ones, the ones that are most likely to cause life-threatening problems are the ones that start in the ventricles, like ventricular mm-hmm. fibrillation or ventricular tachycardia. In addition to those, either one of those rhythms has the possibility for imminent cardiac arrest, and they should be corrected as soon as possible. In addition to those, the normal rhythm of the heart can be disrupted in a progressive way. A first-degree heart block is one in which the distance between the P wave for the atria firing and the QRS complex for the ventricles firing is lengthened. It's longer than normal. The signal is delayed going from the top to the bottom of the heart. This is called a first-degree block. In a second-degree block, that space stretches out so much that you can actually drop a beat. You'll have two P waves and then a QRS complex or a lengthening interval that drops a beat. That's bad because a lot of times that will progress to a third-degree heart block in which the P waves and the QRS complexes no longer have any association. And you'll have 60 to 80 P waves per minute and 30 or 40 QRS complexes. And that leads to very inefficient pumping of the heart. Now, one of the things also that you have to be very much aware of is that you can have a, a rhythm that comes from the sinus node in the heart, but it can be very fast or very slow. If you have a supraventricular tachycardia, the heart can beat so fast that the atria don't have time to fill. And so even though the heart's beating quickly, the cardiac output, the amount of blood that it puts out per minute drops dramatically. And that's bad for every organ in your body that relies Mm. on blood flow. And if your heart rhythm gets way too slow, below about 40 beats per minute, you can have a profound bradycardia. Cardiac output, especially in babies and in adults over the age of 60, is very much rate dependent. So if your rate is too low, your cardiac output drops and once again puts the blood flow, the perfusion to the important organs in your body at risk. We've heard about long QT syndrome, Wolf Parkinson White, and AFib. Those all seem like dangerous arrhythmias as well. I don't know if those are arrhythmias or just conditions. Can you talk to those three conditions? Well, specifically the long QT syndrome and the Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome are the kind of rhythms that are not something your heart experiences constantly, but can happen and cause a crisis because of the change in rhythm. 
the long QT syndrome can cause a drop in a beat or a relative tachycardia. And same thing for Wolf Parkinson White, it causes a re-entry rhythm in which the heart beats too rapidly because the signal turns in a rapid loop back and forth through the heart. Now, atrial fibrillation is an especially dangerous rhythm, not because of what it does to the heart itself, but because when the atria do not fire in a coordinated way and just sort of wriggle on top of the heart, the blood does not flow normally. And when the blood does not flow normally, there can be eddies and pooling of the blood in parts of the atria. When that happens, the blood forms clots. Having clots is not a good thing, especially since that blood will then go from there out through the ventricles to the rest of the body. Those clots can cause an interruption of flow, which can cause a stroke. It can damage your brain. It can cause injury to the heart itself going to the coronary arteries, or it can cause damage to other important organs like your liver or kidneys. So atrial fibrillation is one of the most common rhythms we see in people with congenital heart disease or acquired heart disease that requires intervention. Okay. Well, that was really informative. What should somebody do if their heart isn't beating properly? If they feel like their heart is beating out of their chest or they feel faint, what do they need to do? Anyone who has symptoms of a change in their heart rhythm that's causing them distress, you should handle as if you had chest pain. Don't ignore it. Don't try to drive yourself to the hospital. Alert somebody else to take you to the hospital or to call 911 to have an ambulance come take you to the hospital. And don't exert yourself in the meantime. If you can, sit down or lie down until you receive some kind of help because any of these rhythm problems can make it possible for you to pass out from poor blood flow to your brain. So it's best to be safe, sit down, lie down, call for help, have somebody take you to the hospital. Thank you so much, Frank. I appreciate you being on the program today with our Fun Fact Friday. Thank you very much, Anna. Okay, friends, that concludes another episode of Fun Fact Friday, but you're going to want to tune in tomorrow because tomorrow our Saturday success story deals with valve replacement success. So many people who are born with congenital heart disease end up having problems with their valves. And even if they don't need their valve replaced as an infant, they may need it replaced later on in life. Michael McKelvey will be our guest and he will be sharing his success story with us on Saturday. So have a great day. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. <music>